Welcome to Overflowing Bookshelves, a podcast for people who love the written word. Could you spend hours browsing through a bookstore? Is your happy place curled up under a blanket with a good book, or perhaps writing a story of your own? Are you constantly adding to your to-be-read list, even though your bookshelves are already overflowing? If so, this podcast is for you. Tune in to hear authentic conversations with published authors about their creative processes, paths to publication, and advice for living your most fruitful and inspired life. I'm your host, Dallas Woodburn, and I am absolutely delighted that you are here with us today. I am the author of the short story collection, Woman Running Late in a Dress, and the YA novel, The Best Week That Never Happened. I'm also a professional book coach, and I am passionate about helping people give birth to their own unique stories. You can connect with me at my website, dallaswoodburnauthor.com, and on Facebook and Instagram at Dallas Woodburn Author. I am so excited to share with all of you that my debut YA novel, The Best Week That Never Happened, is now available for pre-order. You can get your copy online at IndieBound, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Book Depository, or pre-order a signed copy from my local bookstore, mrsdalloways.com, and I will sign it for you at my book launch event and they can ship it to you. Up until the book's release date of April 21st, I am running a really fun pre-order campaign as my way of saying thank you to everyone who takes the time to pre-order. Everyone who pre-orders a copy of my book will get a bunch of free goodies, including a signed book plate, exclusive custom digital artwork, and a free ebook of the expanded 15th anniversary edition of 3AM, which is my award-winning collection of short stories. There are additional prizes if you pre-order two or three copies, and with every copy you pre-order, you'll be entered to win a special grand prize package that I have curated just for you. Check out my website, dallaswoodburnauthor.com for more details, and be sure to forward your proof of purchase to bestweekbookorder at gmail.com to claim your bonus goodies. Stay tuned to the end of this podcast, and I'll share a little bit more about the best week that never happened. For now, let's move on to today's interview. Natalie Lund is a young adult author and a former middle and high school teacher. She graduated from Purdue University's MFA program, where she taught introductory composition and creative writing, and also served as the fiction editor of the Sycamore Review. We Speak in Storms is her debut novel. Her second novel, The Sky Above Us, will be released in the fall of 2020. Natalie lives in Chicago with her spouse and a very talkative cat. She is my dear friend, and it was wonderful to have her on this episode of Overflowing Bookshelves. Thank you so much, Natalie, for being a guest on the podcast today. It's so wonderful to talk with you. Um, It's been a while since I've seen you, but I feel like I've seen you more recently because I've been reading your amazing work. So that's just been so wonderful. Um, But could you give listeners um, to start off by giving maybe a sense of your journey as a writer, um, how you started writing and how your first book came to be published? Yeah, definitely. And and thanks so much for having me on the podcast. Um, I'm really excited to be here. 
Um, so my writing journey really started like so many writers where, you know, it's something that I've been wanting to do and something that I've been doing since I was little. Um, I majored in creative writing in college, uh, but I took a different path and I became a teacher for five years. I taught middle school and then I taught high school. Um, and all while trying to kind of write in those like few hours, you know, a little bit in the summer, a few hours on a Sunday, uh, and trying to kind of keep that writing life going. But I found that I wasn't really making as much progress as I wanted to be. Uh, and I really wanted to devote a, a larger amount of time to, to writing. And so I decided to pursue an MFA um, and applied to programs um, when I was in my last year teaching. Um, and then I ended up at Purdue, where I met you. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and uh, for me, it was really uh, just a, a chance to have a writing community, which was something I hadn't really been a part of, um, and a chance to just to get to practice writing for for a lot of hours a day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was, you know, like a really fruitful time for me. And I produced uh, the first half of We Speak in Storms during my my third year in the MFA program. Um, And then I left the program and I started a a job at a school district doing communication. Um, And during that year, uh, my first year on that job, I finished the the manuscript um, and started querying agents. Yeah. (laughs) Started querying agents and it kind of, it kind of went from there. Um, So that that was kind of like my path to, to we speak and storms being out there in the world. Yeah, I love it. I is nice hearing your whole journey because I like know part of your journey from when we when we yeah. met Purdue, but it was nice to kind of get the full picture. And one thing I'm always really inspired by and curious to hear with writers is different um, ways of working, different processes, and especially I don't know about you, but I found it myself where coming out of the MFA, it took me a little while to kind of find my footing and get my writing routine going amidst like kind of having real world responsibilities again and not being in this mm-hmm. environment where I had so much more time to write. Um, and I love that you ended up writing the second half of the book when you did have this like full-time job and you're, you know, outside of the program and dealing with juggling all these things. So I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about how your writing routine has developed or what that looks like or your process. Like, I just would love to hear a little bit more about that. Yeah, I, you know, I left the program and I felt like I probably just had a lot of momentum because I had spent so much time writing every day as I was building the first half of the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think I was kind of like running off of that momentum a little bit and I would get up early in the morning. I'm like one of those, you know, dawn breaking writers. So I would write from like five to seven uh, and then go to work. Um, and then on the weekends, I would try to spend the bulk of like the daytime working on the book um, on both Saturday and Sunday. Um, and that's just a schedule that I try to keep up. Um, there are like I I say try because there are obviously lots of periods where I don't keep that up. And there's also times where I give myself writing breaks. Um, yeah. So when I finished when I finished my second novel, The Sky Above Us, I took like. I, I guess I kind of maybe still on that break. Like I give myself a couple months yeah. um, and I'm just now starting a third project. So um, like I do take breaks from that because it is kind of grueling. Um, yeah. And then in terms of just like, yeah, like in terms of 
I didn't give myself a deadline or anything with, with my first book. Um, and I spent a, quite a bit of time editing it before I queried an agent. But my second book, I was on a deadline. And so I really did set myself like, I know I have to write, or I know a book is approximately, you know, 80,000 words mm-hmm. to get it by, get it to my editor by this deadline. I need to really write 500 words a day. And that's uh-huh. kind of how I attacked that. Yeah. Yeah. And what is your process like as far as, um, is there, does there tend to be, a certain part of a story that comes to you first? Like, do you tend to start with character or does plot come to you? I mean, I'm so impressed by the characters in We Speak in Storms are so vividly drawn and, and real. And especially I was impressed by having those three main characters, the way that all of them to me were just so nuanced. And I loved all of them um, compared to I've read some books in the past that have multiple main characters and I sometimes gravitate towards one more than the others. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm curious, do you tend to start with character or do you start somewhere else and sort of how does a book develop for you? Yeah. Well, I'm thinking so much. I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed the characters so much. And um, for me, well, with We Speak in Storms, a lot of those characters had appeared in short stories I've written. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really just, pulled them out of my short stories um, where they had kind of different journeys and I, and I put them together in this one book. Um, And so, so I think in that case, it really was the characters um, that drew it, that drove it. Um, I would say for the sky above us, my second novel, it was more of a scene. I just started with this like scene on the beach, um, imagining some girls waking up uh, from having slept on the beach after a party and, a plane going overhead uh, really low over the beach and then crashing into the water in front of them. And so it was really a scene as an opening place. Um, uh-huh. And I'm not an outliner. I can't not, just can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really prefer to kind of like just start writing scenes and then I kind of see where they go. And then I often have to go back and reshape um, the beginning parts in order to make, you know, make a through line. Yeah, that's really interesting, starting the scene. And so do you tend to write a book in order or do you tend to write the scenes out of order and then later you go back and weave them more into a narrative arc? I would say it's largely chronological. Um, I wrote uh, for The Sky Above Us, there's also, there's actually six perspectives um, and two different timelines. Wow. Um, And I wrote... I wrote, yeah, I wrote the three girls perspective, probably about all the way through half the book. And Uh then I went back and I wrote the other three perspectives, which are the boys. Um, And so that is one case where while I was writing the timelines chronologically, I wasn't writing them in the order that they're going to appear in the book. Uh Um, uh, Whereas these things are pretty much completely chronologically. Interesting. And do you have any, any, things that you use to keep organized with all of those different perspectives and timelines? Like, do you have a big, I don't know, poster board or bulletin board, or do you keep it all in your head? Um, I use spreadsheets. Um, I, and I also just like keep running notes, uh, uh-huh. like at the bottom of the document where I'm typing, where I'll just like think of something and then scroll to the bottom and just add a note to myself. Uh-huh. Um, but I do, I do have like a spreadsheet where it's like chapter by chapter, whose perspective has been what deep the, the 
the chapter takes place in and what happens in it. And that's really helpful for me when I'm editing, um, just to like know where, know where things are. Yeah. Yeah. You're not just scrolling through the document. Yeah. That's helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I would also love to hear, so thinking back to your, your, when you first started being into writing or maybe when you decided to stop teach or to quit your job as a teacher and get your MFA, do you have Mm -hmm. any advice looking back at yourself then that you would give you know, to your earlier writing self, we have a lot of listeners to the podcast that are writers and always enjoy hearing authors advice about sort of people that are starting on the journey. Yeah, I think that um, I would tell my earlier self or I would tell younger writers or, or earlier on the journey writers that um, you, you, you just have to trust your voice and write the book that you want to write and not worry about markets or if anyone's going to, you know, be your agent or want to publish your book. Um, when I was first writing We Speak in Storms um, and I was speaking with my mentor, I didn't know if it was young adult or not. And he told me, don't worry about it. He's like, that's not even a decision you need to make. It's something that like an agent and an editor um, will ultimately be helping you make. And, and that was really freeing for me. And so, so yeah, I would advise a younger writer just to like write the book that you want to write and, and, you know, be, be the writer you want to be. And, and, um, and then after that, (laughs) you can do the work of trying to kind of, categorize it and and find representation and that kind of thing yeah that is very freeing I think that's great advice for all writers not even just writers starting out but that is that is so freeing to think of those processes as completely different like when you're writing the book versus then when you're trying to sell it or market it um keeping those things Mm -hmm. separate seems really helpful for the creative process um yeah I also wanted to ask you a little bit about um your so writing we speak in in storms versus writing um the sky above us and then i know you'll be at work on another project um coming up and is is it different at all i guess um writing now versus when you were writing your first book like um has your process changed at all or your perspective on it or um is there anything I guess different that you feel now that you have some of these novels under your belt I think I've gotten faster Uh um like I've become a more efficient writer um and I think it's because I already have my editor's voice in my head a little bit and I don't mean that in a way where I feel like I'm like already like kind of crushing my artistic process or anything like that but I do feel like I have a better sense of um really like how a plot should look than I did when I was working my way through We Speak in Storm Uh, and I think I also have a better sense of a young adult audience than I did when I was you know writing We Speak in Storms and uh and kind of the ways that um you know you can uh, provide a little like my editor always really likes like at the end of a chapter these like moments of reflection 
um, which I would just like end chapters abruptly. And so I've kind of like become a better writer in that sense of like giving those moments um, because I've, I've now worked through two books with her uh, on that. Um, so yeah, I think like a little more efficient in getting to these things that I know I'm going to get pushed towards anyway to, to make it a stronger book. Yeah. And that's a great way of thinking about it too, of having editorial voice in your head that is not inhibiting, but that is more like helping you push yourself or push the book, even as you're working through it yourself. Um, that seems really helpful. And that was something I noticed too with my with my book is that I remember revising it and revising it and revising it with my agent before we submitted and then getting the the publishing deal. And then my editor came back, you know, multiple times with revisions. And it just always amazed me how I would feel like I got the book to a place where I would think, okay, this is the best it can be. Like, this is it. I can't make it any better. Mm -hmm. And then, and then she would come back with more notes that would help me make it even better. And I think that a really neat part of the writing process is just this sense of continual growth and um, just that you're always like learning something new. And yes, you have your voice and your voice is yours, but that it still has room to to grow or um, to kind of mature as you go along. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Well, um, I want to be aware of time. So uh, I just want to ask you how listeners, what are the best ways for them to get in touch with you, um, to find your books? I know that, um, at least I'm assuming it's still, I remember reading a wonderful excerpt of We Speak in Storms, um, even before the book came out, I think it was on the publisher website, but like, what are some ways that listeners can connect with you and read more of your work? Yeah. So, natalielund.com is my website and you can find both excerpts of We Speak in Storms and Sky Above Us, which will be coming out uh, next November. Um, and then I also use Instagram a lot. So listeners can follow me at N-M-L-U-N-C. Great. Thank you. I'm really excited for this guy above us to come out. And I would highly recommend We Speak in Storms um, to everyone listening. It was one of my really favorite books from um, last year. So congrats again. And thank you so much for your time. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was so fun to chat. As promised, here is a little bit more about my debut YA novel, The Best Week That Never Happened. Jennifer Neven, the New York Times bestselling author of All the Bright Places and Holding Up the Universe, calls it a gripping heart tug of a page turner filled with heart and hope. I couldn't put it down. Magic. It's been compared to the books Everything Everything and The Love That Split the World. And it is a love story about living each day as if it were your last. After her parents' bitter divorce, family vacations to the big island in Hawaii stopped. But across the miles, 18-year-old Tegan Rossi remains connected to local Kai Kapule, her best friend from childhood. Now, Tegan finds herself alone and confused about how she got to the big island. With no wallet, no cell phone, no purse or plane ticket, Tegan struggles to piece together what happened. She must have come to surprise visit Kai, right? As the teens grow even closer, Tegan pushes aside her worries and gets swept away in the vacation of her dreams. But each morning, 
she startles awake from nightmares that become more difficult to ignore. Something is eerily amiss. Why is there a strange gap in her memory? Why can't she reach her parents or her friends from home? And what's with the mysterious hourglass tattoo over her heart? Kai promises to help Tegan figure out what is going on, but the answers they find only lead to more questions. As the week unfolds, Tegan will experience the magic of first love, the hope of second chances, and the bittersweet joy and grief of being human. I really hope that you pre-order my book and that you enjoy reading it as much as I loved writing it. Thank you so much for spending time with me today on Overflowing Bookshelves. If you enjoy this podcast, it would mean so much if you take a few minutes to write a review on iTunes or Stitcher to help other writers and book lovers find out about us. If you are kind enough to share this episode on social media, be sure to tag me at Dallas Woodburn Author on Instagram or Facebook. I love to surprise my listeners with fun prizes like free books and other literary swag. Also, I would love to hear your thoughts on the show and your ideas for future guests. Please visit my website, dallaswoodburnauthor.com to connect with me and offer your suggestions. Until next time, happy reading. Thank you.